1: Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. A note of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast bringing you high profile and under the radar cases from across the country for the week of July 16th, 2019. I'm Billy Jensen and this is Owen Michael. Hello. This week, online uproar after a 20-year-old man allegedly kills a 17-year-old girl and posts pictures of her dead body on social media. Two twins escape a farm in Florida, and their adoptive parents are arrested on charges of abuse, neglect, and sexual assault. In California, a mom is convicted of trying to drown her infant son 10 years ago and is now charged with killing her 7- and 11-year-old boys by drowning them in two feet of water. And then, two words, meth alligators. But first, an update to a case we've been monitoring very closely, an unhappy ending out of Kentucky. Alan, what's going on in Kentucky with Savannah Spurlock?
0: Well, we brought you this this story in January earlier this year. Unfortunately, just a week after the six-month anniversary of Savannah Spurlock's disappearance in Kentucky, her body has been found. Here's the background and some of the latest details we have. On January 3rd of this year, -year 22-year-old Savannah Spurlock, a mother of four children, went out to a bar in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. It was her first night out since giving birth to twins about five weeks beforehand. Savannah had gone out with two friends that night. One of them left early to be up for work the next day. The second friend left a little while later due to an argument, according to a Facebook post from Savannah's family. Police interviewed and cleared both of those friends early on. Hours later... Savannah was seen on surveillance video leaving the bar near the University of Kentucky campus, accompanied by three men. At approximately 3 a.m. on January 4th, later that same night out, Savannah's mother, who was home babysitting the children, woke up and realized her daughter was not home. She called Savannah, but the call was cut off. Then Savannah called her back on FaceTime. She was in the backseat of a moving vehicle with others inside. Savannah's mother said her daughter did not appear to be in distress, but was visibly intoxicated. Police said Savannah was in a car with two of the three men from the bar. The third man was driving in a separate vehicle. All three men had been tracked down and questioned by police, but no arrests were immediately made. Police later confirmed Savannah was last seen in the Garrard County home of a 23-year-old man named David Sparks early that morning of January 4th. Garrard County is about 40 miles south of Lexington. Savannah's best friend, the godmother of all four of her children, told CNN that she was 100 percent sure Savannah did not know the men before that night.
1: So last week, police acting on a tip went to a rural Garrett County home to search a property located on Fall Lick Road. Police were responding to a call about a, quote, foul odor coming from the residence. The property had previously been searched a few weeks after Savannah disappeared. A car was towed from the scene during that search. Authorities had been scouring Garrett County for weeks looking for Savannah, and on the night of Wednesday, July 10th, human remains were found buried in the backyard. That night, 23-year-old David Sparks was arrested, and he was charged with abuse of a corpse and tampering with physical evidence. As of this week, there were no further charges, but that seems likely to change. The human remains were immediately processed by the medical examiner, and by mid-Thursday, Kentucky State Police confirmed the remains belonged to Savannah Spurlock. She was initially identified by her fingerprints and by her tattoos. The cause of death has not been released yet. Autopsy results are pending. Police released further details this week saying Savannah was found without clothing in the Fallick Road yard in a shallow grave only 19 inches deep. They said her her hands and her feet were bound by tape. She'd been wrapped in garbage bags and rolled up or covered with a rug. She was reportedly in a, quote, unnatural position. Her body folded in half. The Follick Road is David Sparks's parents' house. The rug, the bags, and the tape match evidence taken from inside the second house, David Sparks's own residence on Price Court, about two miles away from Fallick Road, police said. The rug found with Savannah's body matched an identical rug in Sparks's own house, according to police. So we're kind of, what it's looking like here, and this is all speculation, is that she was killed in David Sparks's own house, and then he went to his parents' house to bury her. Frickin' genius. Savannah Spurlock's blood had been found in April in Sparks' house on Price Court. It was a blood stain inside a closet door that police had missed during the first search there. The blood was reportedly not visible, but was found with the help of a chemical mixture. We're going to guess that that was luminol. Mm -hmm. And Kentucky State Police detective testified in court on Monday morning that Savannah had gone to Sparks' home that night. The detective said Sparks told investigators that the other two men left, and Savannah slept in his bed while Sparks slept on the couch. He's a gentleman. The detective said Sparks told them that Savannah had woken him up at some point to ask the address of the house, perhaps calling for a ride home before he fell back to sleep. Sparks told investigators that Savannah was gone when he woke up later. So that detective <clears throat> testified this week that
0: police found a text message from David Sparks to his sister asking where to buy a rug on January 4th. Surveillance video at a local Walmart shows Sparks buying the rug that police accused him of using to bury Savannah that same day. Police say Sparks visited his parents' house on Fall Lake Road the night of January fourth. <clears throat> excuse me, for about two hours, and then came back to that house in the early mornings of uh, in more early morning hours of January fifth. So, uh, police describe Sparks as the primary suspect in the case. He's being held in county jail without bond. Excuse me, without bond, and the case is now going to a grand jury. The Lexington Herald-Leader reports that the tip about the fall odor on the property was reported to police by David Sparks' own father. Sparks was living with his parents at the Fall Lake property at the time of last week's arrest. Three of Savannah's boys live with their father now, including the six-month-old twins. The fourth son lives with his grandparents. In the weeks after she disappeared, her family said that Savannah had been going through a rough time while looking for a job and an apartment. A private service for Savannah Spurlock is scheduled to be held this week.
1: You know, so here's a woman who has gone out. She had just had twins. First night out, she goes out with her friends. I'm sure the friends feel horrible mm-hmm. for having mm-hmm. left. One of them said she had to wake up early. The other one apparently got into an argument. It's not clear whether the argument was with Savannah or with somebody else, and then she left. But, uh, you know, it reminds me of the cases out of Charlottesville um, and with the um, Save the Next Girl campaign and, and the— The thrust of that is, is that you never leave a girl behind. And Mm -hmm. I I say girl, meaning woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. This Mm is for, you know, teenage girls at parties, women at bars. And um, it's the, the the name of the of the organization is called Save the Next Girl. Yeah, that's good organization. And uh, uh, you know that was because of uh, you know a woman's daughter had left. I mean there were two in Charlottesville. One had left a concert, remember, and then had been picked up by Matthews, the, the cab driver, and then was killed. Nobody knew it was then. And then he what did he do? He found that he wasn't at the bar, but he found a woman walking home from a bar who had left her friends. And was clearly intoxicated and uh, was able to get him to uh, her to come with him. And uh, I'm sure that these friends just feel horrible. And and listen, when you're in the middle of it and you've been drinking a little bit and you're just like, no, just go. I'm hanging out with these guys or whatever. It's just, you know what? Get a phone number. There's always tomorrow. Better safe
0: than sorry. I'm also struck in this case by, uh, you know, this shallow grave was— they say at its deepest point it was 19 inches deep, which is not particularly uh, yeah. a lot of effort made to to do this. And the fact that the dad uh, did this uh, called it in. It uh, doesn't seem like this guy's a genius, but it does beg the question: Were they sitting? Were investigators sitting on information? Who knows? Uh, I think the investigators
1: wanna... were just waiting this one out. I mean, they, the fact that they did miss some things here or there, I don't see how they could have brought dogs out. Unless it was an area that listen, when, they, when we think of in the backyard or in the yard, a lot of times when you're you know we're from the East Coast or from the west Coast, we're thinking a pretty small backyard. Sure. This could be a yard with gigantic. this is true
0: cadaver dogs.
1: yeah, good cadaver dogs are not going to miss it if they've walked on top of it, so who knows how big that search was? I don't yeah.
0: know Yeah yeah, no, you make a good point. It's yeah. rural Kentucky, so there's a lot of uh, yeah. you know there's a lot of space out, out there. Uh, gorgeous country, but uh, unfortunately, a yeah. tragic situation there.
1: So this next case is developing, and there are a lot of conflicting details, but here's what police this. have confirmed this week. Bianca Devins was a 17-year-old girl from upstate New York who had just graduated high school. Utica police said Bianca had met a 21-year-old named Brandon Clark about two months ago on Instagram. And they reportedly began communicating back and forth and established a relationship. Utica police said the two men had met each other's families and a police statement describes the relationship between Bianca and Brandon as quote intimate. WKTV has published a timeline of the events based on the Utica police official statement. So here's what they're saying happened on Saturday night, July 13th, 17 year old Bianca and the 21 year old traveled to New York city to go to a concert. At some point between 7 PM and 10 PM at the concert, the two got into an argument. Police said the two traveled back together to Utica an early Sunday morning wound up at a location on a dead-end street. The argument, quote-unquote, pro- progressed, police said, and Brandon Clark is then alleged to have produced a large, black-handled knife and stabbed her with it, killing her. Police say that Clark then took pictures of Bianca's dead body, then posted them to Discord, which is a social media pra- platform, which is like an online chat channel. It's used for video game communities. And, um... Uh, Once the users saw that on Discord, they contacted the Utica police. Police received uh, 911 calls earlier that morning, reporting that a man had killed his girlfriend, posting pictures online, and was threatening to harm himself, police said. Then Brandon Clark called 911. Police said and made incriminating statements about the homicide and threatened to harm himself. The police traced the call and found Brandon Clark at this dead-end street in Utica. He was lying on the ground next to the black SUV, the police, the first police officer to arrive said Clark immediately began stabbing himself in the neck with a knife as he approached him. Police say Clark then went over to a green tarp nearby and lay down on it, pulled out his cell phone and took selfies of himself laying across the tarp. The first officer saw brown hair underneath the tarp and Clark allegedly told the officer that Bianca was underneath.
0: Officers subdued Clark while he struggled and he was hospitalized and emergency surgery was performed His injuries are considered severe, but he is expected to to survive, police say. Police confirmed the very graphic photos were authentic and were taken at the time and place of where Clark and Devens were found. The photos found their way around the web, and at least one reportedly appeared on and was widely distributed on 4chan and Instagram. Utica police said they were working with social media companies this week to remove the gruesome photos. There are conflicting reports as to where Clark posted the images first, but Utica police say he posted them to Discord uh, before the others. BuzzFeed News also reports Clark was posting stories to his Instagram as he was being held at gunpoint by police. That's quite a scene. Mm -hmm. Clark's Instagram account has since been removed by the company. As we say, the investigation is ongoing and details may change with further information from the police as it becomes available this week. Clark has been charged with second-degree murder. The murder-attempted suicide uh, occurred on the morning of the nearby Boilermaker 15K road race for runners, delaying the start of the race for about 20 minutes. Police said the incident had no relation to the race and that no racers or spectators were affected or involved. There were conflicting details in the hours that followed the reports of the crime. Some said that Devons and Clark were not in a relationship and that Clark had been stalking Devons and had tracked her to the concert. Police have confirmed that they had an existing relationship and traveled together to the concert. Some outlets have described Clark as an influencer, sort of a vague description of social media personalities with large followings on multiple platforms. Others have exaggerated Bianca's online numbers as well as her follower counts exploded in the days since she was murdered. Regardless of their online clout, it's a tragic story.
1: It's really, you know, What I went to her Instagram page as soon as I heard the news and her follower count was like at 79,000. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. And then I looked, I looked at the amount of, and this is, this is just what we do, mm-hmm. you know? So I looked at the amount of likes that she had gotten prior to those four or five before that. And there was not, so she had actually gone from 3,000, something along those lines and had been boosted up in death, which is horrible. It, you know, but, but the least horrible thing out of all out of all of this, the, you know, this um, the guy living, hit, you know, the, the people living their lives online, and mm-hmm. then this guy seemingly wanted to live his uh, his last days or his last moments online, but he couldn't even make that happen now, correctly.
0: You know, and then we had a lot of comments uh, over the last two days about people that had stumbled across this stuff, yes. and uh, most people, you know, were uh, horrified and that kind of stuff. We had a couple of ghouls that uh, were making light of the situation, which is always
1: unpleasant on uh, online communities, yes. but that uh, is,
0: it is a, a real tragedy. Yeah, and, don't. And, I
1: mean, I know, you know, this is just the, the thing of the internet. You get, you see a picture like this, most people turn away. Most people are shocked. Some people say, Hey, I'm going to share this. And there are certain and sites that have, uh,
0: that have reputations for this kind of, uh, yeah. this kind of behavior, but, yes. uh,
1: but Instagram did get a lot of flack for not taking it down fast enough.
0: Yeah. I read that they, they had it behind a sensitive content, yes. uh, a screen first, which you've seen here and there. They may have thought it was a, you know, I mean, if they had known what it was, obviously they
1: would yeah. have. Uh, Bottom line out. is with the amount of money that Instagram and Facebook are making, they could certainly, and I know that there's been talk about how hard it is for the people that do the, 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 um, the physical monitoring. You can hire a lot more people for that and hire counselors for them or whatever. But you're making money hand over fist. You've put a lot of businesses out of business because of that. Mm-hmm. Put some money behind it. It's this ongoing thing of algorithms over editors and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, but, uh, which you know, left but left us in the position we are in We Washington, know where we stand we on this ahead. one. Yes, we know where we stand.
0: So uh, we've got uh, new stories every week. Subscribe to us here on True Crime Daily on YouTube and on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, you can give us a call at 888-548-9758. Share your comments or your questions, and we'll run them here on the air and answer them. Add your voice to the conversation. That's 888 888- Billy, what's next?
1: Next is Florida. You can't have a true crime podcast about the latest breaking crime news without Florida, it seems. It's the law. We are just following the law. This is true. A Florida couple in their 50s was arrested on Friday after two women reportedly escaped from a farm near Tallahassee on July 1st. The Wakula County Sheriff's Office says these two women, 21-year-old twins, have been held against their will by Mirko Seska, 58, and his wife, Regina Seska, 55. The woman told authorities they had been forced to perform labor on the farm and had suffered physical and sexual abuse from the husband. The two women were adopted by the Seskas when they were 11 years old, 10 years ago. They reportedly escaped from Crawfordville, Florida, property on July 1st, which was about two weeks ago. And Crawfordville is about 20 miles south of Tallahassee on the Florida panhandle. Mirko Seska is a picture frame manufacturer. Regina Seska is a nurse. The Seska's appeared in court Monday morning. Mirko Seska has been charged with sexual battery, sexual assault, abuse, and neglect. Regina Seska is accused of neglect and failure to report abuse. Due to Regina's uh, misdemeanor charges, she was released with a GPS monitor and, and instructions to avoid any contact with the alleged victims or her husband. So the big question here is whether she'll flip on the husband. Murko's attorney missed court Monday morning and Murko remained in jail. Yeah. Now, the couple has two adult sons in their thirties who live in the area. The Sheriff's Department said there's no indication that they had any involvement. <clears throat> Hopefully they will be talking to them.
0: Indeed. The Seska's are reportedly quotes doomsday preppers. You may have heard of these types of people and you know they're out there. People who are actively preparing for the end of the world through stockpiling supplies, often weapons, uh, that kind of thing, on secure properties. Doomsday preppers, is, of course, the television show that ran on the National Geographic Channel from 2011 to 2014, featuring all sorts of creative, creative. ways for people to get ready for the end of the world and its various possibilities. Uh, these two women who were not identified, these 21-year-old twins, said that the Seskas have, uh, quote, getaway properties across the U.S., stocked with food rations and weapons. The couple reportedly owns several properties in three Florida counties and in Tennessee and a small island in a pond in rural Maine. Mm. One of the neighbors in Crawfordville told the Tallahassee Democrat newspaper that he used to joke that the couple had, quote, had a sex slave operation. Neighbors said the couple kept to themselves and would meet visitors at the front gate but never let anyone in. The three-acre property is thick with trees and difficult to see into, according to the paper. A store manager not far away said, quote, they seemed like Amish people. In Crawfordville, the women were forced to take care of pigs, chickens, and sheep, grow fruit and vegetables on the property, forced to use a loom to make wool from the sheep and other farm labor, beginning at 5.30 every morning, very Amish-esque. They were allegedly not allowed to have contact with anyone, were not allowed to go anywhere, and were forbidden from talking to others when they were allowed in public by their adoptive parents. And if they didn't smile and look happy, they were allegedly punished, according to the sheriff's department. They also reportedly experienced verbal abuse and beatings from Mirko and had their food restricted. Mirko allegedly used a metal rod to beat the two. One of the victims still had marks on her arm and her back, the sheriff's department said. On top of that, they both described being sexually abused by Mirko Seska with support sometimes of his wife. And they described
1: that, yeah. So um, it's... It's controversial that they let the wife go with an ankle monitor um, walking around. So I have a feeling that she's going to flip. I'm mm. just laying that out there right now, mm. but who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, well, Kula County sheriffs, deputies, and Florida state law enforcement special agents served a search warrant and domestic violence injunctions at the Crawfordville property last Friday, where the Seskas have lived since 1985. They reportedly found large quantities of food rations and dozens of high-quality firearms and many cases of ammunition in the household. WTXL reports some of the guns were found hidden behind false walls and staircases. I've always loved a false, you know, like a fake staircase, a hidden staircase. As a kid, I did. These days, though, it seems like maybe that's a red flag. It is a red red flag. Unless it's
0: a panic room or something like that, but even then.
1: But that sort of hidden room thing. Remember the House of Seven Gables? Did you ever go there in Salem, Massachusetts? They have a a hidden staircase there, which they would do bootlegging up there or something like that. I always thought that was the coolest thing, and I always wanted a hidden room in our house. But you're right. It's like, you know what I also wanted when I was a kid? I wanted a van.
0: Uh, now yeah, it's a red flag. No, that's true. Yeah. By the way, uh, didn't Harry Potter live in a secret room under the stairs? Yeah, well, I
1: don't think it was very very secret. Everybody kind of knew he was there. Or Nobody said anything. So. Also not real. Please proceed. <laughs> also not real. How dare you? They found a homemade video that reportedly shows Mirko screaming intensely in the twins' face, accusing them of stealing food. Uh, authorities also searched the internet history of a cell phone belonging to Mirko Seska that showed a search for an incestuous video. The investigation remains ongoing. A next door neighbor told the Tallahassee Democrat, quote, everything in the police report makes sense. They were not allowed to talk to anyone. If they saw me getting out of the truck to check my mail, they would head for the house. They could have flagged me down, he said. Several neighbors said uh, they would have done something if they had known the girls were there. Another neighbor told WCTV, my wife doesn't even want the grandkids to play in the front yard because we never knew something like that would be so close. The Tallahassee Democrat also reports that the Sescas had met with former Florida Governor Charlie Crist in 2009 about the issue of foster kids being medically abused. The couple said the girls were on 11 medications when they were adopted and that they had spent considerable time getting the girls drug free. This whole thing about the when
0: neighbors are always you know surprised by what other neighbors are doing. Yeah. It's very – it seems like a very American phenomenon. It is. And uh, especially – I saw some of the pictures of this property in in the surrounding area. It's gorgeous, but you could see how if you wanted to be left to your own devices and have all sorts of privacy, this is the type of thing that uh, you would set yourself up with. Um, But uh, the giveaway a lot of this – they interviewed a lot of neighbors, and all the neighbors seemed to know each other. And they all knew that these people just never, ever talked to anybody. So that's not to say that that's a red flag. You have a cranky neighbor who doesn't oh, want to talk to you. A cranky neighbor
1: that doesn't give out good Halloween candy or, or doesn't put their lights on for Halloween, which is basically like, don't come to my house. Oh. It doesn't mean that they're, they're, they have a human trafficking operation it doesn't in their happen. house. It just means that they might just not want to be bothered. And I understand that. But – at some point, as individuals and as a community, we have to get together and say, "Hey, you know what? There might be something weird." Especially are doing
0: when right all here. these different neighbors say these things like, "Oh, gosh, uh, yeah, we kind of made jokes about that, and we kind of yeah, saw there was yeah, some red yeah, flags was one of sex and stuff." Yeah, it's uh, not, it's not cool. Not, I don't. If my neighbors were, yeah, yeah. I. Well, moving on, we've got uh, a case out of California. We've got uh, Jacob Telnes. He died last week on July seventh. He was seven years old. His 11-year-old brother, Jackson Telnes, died a week earlier. Tulare County, sheriff's deputies found Jacob and Jackson Telnes unconscious near an irrigation ditch in a cornfield in Strathmore, California, a farming and ranching community of about 3,000 people, roughly halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco, three hours from the coast. On June 29th, deputies responded to a report from uh, from neighbors who said that 45-year-old Sherry Telnes was acting strangely, when she left her house with the two boys on foot and took them into a field at about 530 that morning. Here We do have uh, vigilant neighbors. The Sun Gazette reports deputies found witnesses administering CPR to the two boys next to an irrigation ditch filled with about two feet of water. Neighbors told deputies they had searched the area for the boys and found them face down in the ditch. One witness had caught up to Sherry and Tellness and was holding her for authorities the boys the boys were hospitalized where the 12 uh, at, and at the hospital the 12-year-old was pronounced dead a week later the 7-year-old died their deaths were classified as freshwater drowning in their autopsies sherry telnes told deputies that her boys were quotes possessed by demons the visalia times delta reports
1: so in 2009 sherry telnes was convicted of trying to drown jackson telnes the 11-year-old Uh, When he was a baby in the Clark Fork River in Montana the year before, she told investigators that, quote, bad voices told her to drown the boy. She had pleaded no contest to two counts of felony. Criminal endangerment was turned over to the custody of Montana mental health officials. She spent less than a year at a state psychiatric hospital, uh, the AP reported. Meanwhile, Jackson Telness lived with his father. And after Sherry was released... She and the boy's father divorced, and she was granted custody of the child by a judge who said her treatment was going well, and she was working at a job and appeared to have a stable, loving relationship with her son. In 2012, Sherry moved to California with Jackson. She got pregnant again by her ex-husband and gave birth to Jacob later that year. In 2014, after Sherry completed drug abuse programs and had no further violations or issues, she was released from probation in Montana, quote, in the best interests of the offender and society, and will not present unreasonable risk of danger to the victim or victims, the Montana parole officer wrote. Sherry Telmas has now been charged with two counts of murder, with an allegation of laying in wait, and with battery by gassing for allegedly throwing spit and excrement at an officer at the county jail. She pleaded no guilt. No, she pleaded not guilty. To all the charges last Thursday, she faces the possibility of life in prison, if convicted, on all the charges.
0: We This kind of strikes uh, one of the themes that we've had ongoing here as far as mental health yes. and child care. Mental uh, health, child state, care, state and wars. also
1: state, uh, you know, what the, the state ABC. decides to do. The state agency decided that uh, you had a father. I don't know what the father was like. And you had the mother. The mother mother gets out of a psychiatric hospital after uh, trying to kill the baby. After a year, and then the judge says, "Give her custody because it looks like she's getting better, and she has a job,
0: and she's moving to another state, so it's somebody else's Ex- problem." I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. Uh, although you know the Montanan, uh, whose name I did not include in this, uh, it's publicly available, and I don't envy her uh, her her being accountable right now. But that uh, seems like everything that you could. Uh, that Everything you said in that letter turned out to be the, the opposite of that. Um, it's, it's a real tragedy that she managed to finish the job this time around and, and got both of them.
1: Yeah. So. Well, let's go to Alabama.
0: Well, let's go to Alabama and Tennessee and that kind of general area here. There's a place called Loretto, Tennessee, which is a small town of about uh, 1,800 people located about 100 miles south of Nashville. On Saturday, the Loretto Police Department made a public service um, announcement on their Facebook page, warning of the dire consequences of improperly disposing of illegal drugs. That threat? Meth gators. Meth gators. Meth gators. Alligators on meth. Amphetamine. Amphetamine. Loretto police officers and Lawrence County Sheriff's dep- deputies were serving a search warrant at a house early Saturday morning. According to police, they found a suspect inside who was attempting to flush methamphetamine and related drug paraphernalia down the toilet. Quotes, he was unsuccessful, police wrote in the Facebook post.
1: Yeah, so this is like the scene in Goodfellas where the cops are knocking on the door.
0: Karen,
1: Karen, Karen, Karen goes. That, she, Karen. Gets the, she gets the uh, that was that heroin or was that? Maybe it was cocaine. Yeah, it gets the coke. A flushes it down the toilet. Yeah, that went smoothly. It went really. Uh, there was no paraphernalia. Really well.
0: This one apparently. Uh, yeah didn't work out. No gators on Long Island, uh, unfortunately. There's that, although, you know, giant rats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Officers uh, recovered 12 grams of meth and 24 fluid ounces of liquid meth. That's not an insignificant amount. The suspect was arrested for possession of drugs for sale and evidence tampering. So Loretto police took the opportunity to present a lesson to the community. Quotes, please don't flush your drugs, Okay. That would be a, interpreted as a reference to Mr. Mackey, the elementary school counselor on the show, South Park, particularly one episode where he repeatedly says uh, drugs are bad. OK. OK. So,
1: yeah. uh, you know, I don't know if
0: that was intentional. It sure seemed like that was the, the probably was.
1: Whoever's running the social media account for That's, the Loretto police. got a, they, they got their, their a finger on the pulse of American culture. Right. Circa oh, two thousand years ago. Two right. or three.
0: Quotes. Our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than what is in the creek. But they are not really prepared for meth. Ducks, geese, and other fowl frequent our treatment ponds, and we shudder to think what one all hyped up on meth would do.
1: Mm. Further, if it made it far enough, we could create meth gators in Shoal Creek and the Tennessee River down in North Alabama. They've had enough meth up animals that, pa- <laughs> excuse me, let me do it's that again. It's a tongue again. twister. Yeah. They've had enough meth up animals the past few weeks without our help. And of course, what is he talking about? He's talking about meth squirrel. This is a reference to a story we covered twice here in which an Alabama man wanted on drug charges was reportedly keeping a trained attack squirrel that he fed meth to keep it mean. That suspect did release a video a few weeks ago clarifying that the squirrel is just a regular squirrel he raised without any meth. Allegedly. The suspect has since been tracked down and caught, but that squirrel's whereabouts are unknown. Mm -hmm. The department was clearly joking, but it's still good advice. Don't mess up the water. Don't mess up the wildlife. Even if you don't have alligators... We don't need coyotes or bobcats or raccoons uh, full fueled up and angry and crazy by math attacking you or your cat or your small child. Uh, also, don't do math, too. Uh, incidentally, the Redo Police also helpfully offer this. So if you need to dispose of your drugs, just give us a call. We will make sure they are disposed of in the proper way. Sounds legit. Now, these this uh, got a lot of comments. The comments are still coming in, as we like to say, fast and furious. Um, uh, here's one hello 911 uh, Keisha S. said uh, can you please send the cops I have some meth that I no longer need I went to church and found the Lord yesterday and I want all of Satan's candy out of my home immediately just don't and then of course me. they get arrested etc uh, Regina F. made the connection between meth squirrel first we had D's Nuts the meth up attack squirrel that's and then right Elvis. I forgot the name I forgot the good name good job Regina guy. Regina, Regina right. you're, you're thanks you're for paying following. attention Regina <laughs> thanks for watching uh, you know, uh, you know, other people, a meth gator, really, I think the water would, dig- you know, somebody was actually thinking logically, I think the water would degrade diluted enough that we shouldn't worry. So Sandy N, thank it's you. A chemist. Just chill out. Okay. That's what she's saying. <laughs> and, uh, Scott A said meth gator equals new death metal group name. I did see uh, somewhere
0: else, uh, someone compared it to, uh, they were saying they were looking forward to the next Sharknado uh, installments uh, featuring meth gators. So uh, there's you some know, jumping uh, off that. some yeah. creative stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I did make a joke on social media that uh, I bought methgator.com. And I, I bet, I'm going to check, actually I'm going to check right now to see on GoDaddy if meth, methgator.com is taken. No I'm going to cut this. One, uh, one, no, no, one no, no word. Uh, GoDaddy.com. Yeah. Go See how fast the internet is here. All right. Let's see. Let's see what it is. Meth Gator. Let's do MethGators. Mm. I feel like it's like a, like a, like Spider-Man's nemesis. MethGators.com meth-gator. is taken. Mm. Oh. I wonder when it was taken. Opportunist. But then I could pay $70 for the, uh, for the, <laughs> for the domain broker service. MethGators.net a- we can get though. So. Uh, who does who does dotnet anymore? No, no, no. Nobody does .NET anymore. Anyway, unfortunately, but, <laughs> it's not a, an endorsement or, or no. Admonition. It is not. We are not affiliated with GoDaddy in any way. Although I do have some um, some domains.
0: Uh, in oh, full it, disclosure, thank you.
1: Yeah, I, I must say that, <laughs> and I do have stock in a uh, AT and T and. What else do you have in oh, the okay. uh, in the uh, in the comments section? Of, in the com- uh, Oh, you want week. more comments? Yeah. I, got, I got more comments yeah, I for you. Hang on one comments. second. Okay.
0: We get a lot of our comments from the Facebook page, which is uh, one of the, the largest, largest
1: true crime Facebook page.
0: That's right. True Crime Daily Facebook page. Uh, uh, I, I got one. By.
1: Missouri woman hunts down thief who stole her car and stole it back. Mm-hmm. This is a great, actually a very cool cool story. Danielle Reno. She's not an investigator and she doesn't work for the police department, but she used her best sleuthing skills to bring her car back home. She said, we stalked this lady for 48 hours. She had no idea what we were doing. She tracked purchases on her debit and credit cards as well as activity on her phone, which had been taken. She was able to get her car back. Mm. Everybody was like, you know, this woman's a boss. She's awesome. And she held her composure. Good job. Uh, David G said, great job. You deserve a bottle of wine. I guess that's, what, that's how you David know, G. ice rolls. cream in this household. Yeah. <clears throat> Christine D. said, and let me tell you what, that lady would have got a whole ass whooping as soon as she came through the door. Melvin G. said, good for her. Villains never win. Justice always prevails. Unfortunately, Melvin, well, has that he, is has not true. Has he not reviews. seen our show? Has he not? He's, on our, he's literally on our Facebook page. I'd like you to reconsider Ellen. Um, yes. And uh, everybody... Everybody was I very excited. That, for uh, I think what law
0: enforcement would probably discourage most of this kind of thing. They uh, would. They yes. don't want you to uh, take that into your own hands. So it could be a they potentially would. dangerous situation. However, in this particular case. Yes. All's well what I, what all's I so always far.
1: say is, you know, do all that information then give it to the cops and then call up the cops every minute until they actually take the information. This is, a, uh, information. A, this a, is a coming from himself, a professional Billy smooth. Jensen, professional sleuth. So you can check out our content on YouTube and Facebook and TrueCrimeDaily.com. And don't forget to download our weekly podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And again, if you have comments or questions about the show, call us up and leave a message. We'd love to hear those comments in your voice. You can call us up at 888-548-9758. Uh, be advised your recording will be aired or maybe aired on a future podcast. So until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you,
0: don't do crimes.